0: In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, one God Amen. I like to wish you all a very happy and blessed Hosanna Sunday. And it is called Hosanna Sunday. Hosanna means salvation. It is a salvation day. The Lord Jesus Christ entered into Jerusalem as a king in order to transfer us from the kingdom of Satan into his own kingdom. And this delivery, this deliverance from the kingdom of Satan into his kingdom and making us children of God the Father, this is actually why we call it Hosanna Sunday, the Sunday of salvation. But one day before which on Saturday the Lord Jesus Christ raised Lazarus, and then at night they made a banquet. And this is a gospel that we heard tonight in Vespers, six days before the Passover. So this was Saturday. Jesus came to Bethany, to a house of a very beloved and dear family to the Lord Jesus Christ. This family actually is the family of Lazarus and his two sisters, uh, Mary and Martha. And actually, these three uh, persons or members of this family represent three important characteristics uh, in our life. Lazarus represents the new life with the risen Christ. Mary represent the life of contemplation, prayer, silence, uh, reflections, meditation, uh, and Martha represent the life of service. Life of service. That's why we hear, "Were Lazarus who had been dead, whom he had raised from the dead." So let's speak about the characters who attended this banquet. So we have here Mary, Martha and Lazarus. Also we have the Jews who came to watch the Lord Jesus Christ and to uh, watch Lazarus who was risen from the dead. Also let's speak about Judas and the disciples who also were present at this banquet and we'll speak also about the chief priests who were attending also. So let's speak about these three characters. First, Lazarus, Mary, and Mars. There is emphasis here uh, about Jesus had risen, Jesus had raised Lazarus from the dead which means you you cannot uh, raise yourself yourself by yourself. You need the power and the grace of God. You need the Lord Jesus Christ to raise you from the death of sin in order actually to be raised with the risen Christ. This power of his resurrection is translated to us through the sacraments of the church. So this grace, this grace of resurrection is given to us through many avenues inside the church. The first avenue is hearing the word of God. As we read in John 5, the hour is coming and now is. When the dead hear the voice of God, and those who hear will will live. So they were dead, but hearing the word of God, accepting the word of God, living by the word of God, believing in the word of God, they moved from death to life. Another avenue through which we receive the resurrection is faith. I am the resurrection and life. He who believes in me, even if he dies, he will live. That's another avenue. The third avenue is baptism. We are buried with him in baptism. And if we participated in in the likeness of his death, we will participate in his resurrection. Romans chapter six. Another avenue is repentance as the prodigal son. My son was dead and now is alive. How? Through repentance. Another avenue is communion. He who eats my body and drinks my blood will live forever and I will raise him at the last day. Another avenue is the charitable deeds and the works of love. As the Saint John said in his first letter, And thus we know that we moved from death to life because we loved the brethren. So this new life that Lazarus represents and this resurrection that Lazarus received from Christ, all of us, we are invited to live this new life with Christ through hearing the word of God, through Believing in God, through repentance, through living and renewing our baptism every day, through communion, and through the deeds and charitable works of uh, love. Another character is Martha. We heard in the Gospel of tonight, there they made him a supper, and Martha served. As usual, Martha is uh, serving. In Luke chapter 10, Martha is serving. But one time the Lord rebuked her, not because she was serving. Serving is something actually good. Even the Lord Jesus Christ was said about him, the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve. So the Lord did not rebuke Martha because she served, never but she served at the wrong time, as John Chrysostom says. There is a time for prayer, time for contemplation, time for sitting at the feet of Jesus, listening and learning from him. And there is time of service. When actually we serve in the time of prayer, then actually we will not be commended, rather we'll be rebuked because we are serving in the wrong time. And the Lord told Martha, 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 you are preoccupied with many things, but the need is for one. The need is for one. But Martha had a great heart. She want to help others. She want to serve others. And if I want actually to be dear to Christ and to be one of his beloved as Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, I need. To live the new life with the risen Christ like Lazarus and also I need to have a heart of a servant whoever wants to be the first he should be the last and he want to be the greatest you need to be the servant of all the servant of all service is the road of greatness the Son of Man did not come to be served but to serve As for for Mary, Mary actually is the life of love, contemplation. She's saying with the bride in the Song of Solomon, I am for my beloved and my beloved is mine. I am my beloved's and my beloved's is mine. Mary used actually to sit at the feet of Jesus as we read Uh, uh, Luke chapter 10 and in the supper tonight what Mary did she did something actually very very uh, surprising and it reflects her great love for the Lord Jesus Christ we read and Mary took a pound of very costly oil of spikenard let us see how much uh, this actually is worth. Judas, when he was angry, he said, why was this fragrant oil not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? How much is 300 denarii if we converted them to our uh, US dollars now, to our currency now? As you know from the parable of the... uh, the 11th hour worker that the wage of a worker per day was one denarii so one denarii was the wage of a worker per day in our time if a regular worker work eight hours and the minimum wage is 10 hours so the wage of a worker per day we can say it's 80 dollar by per day so One denarii equal $80. So 300 denarii equal 24,000, 24,000. So can you imagine if you have uh, a bottle of perfume that cost 24,000? What Mary did with this? Actually, she took a pound of very costly oil of spike spikenard and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his his feet with her hair so actually she poured this very very costly perfume on the feet of Jesus on the feet of Jesus and I'm sure you know that the pride of any uh, female is her hair and actually she used her hair to be a towel towel for what to to wipe the feet of our Lord Jesus Christ and you can imagine one drop from this very costly perfume actually will make uh, the smell of the house actually very very good so how much smell actually uh, if she broke this bottle and poured it on the feet of our Lord Jesus Christ that's why Saint John in his gospel said, and the house was filled with the fragrance of the oil. The house was filled with the fragrance of the oil. This reminds me with the words of St. Paul, when he said, we are actually the aroma of Christ. And we need actually to uh, spread the fragrance of Christ over the world you can read this actually in uh, 2nd Corinthians uh, chapter 2 when he said in verse 14 now thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ and through us diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place Through us, the fragrance of his knowledge. So the knowledge of Christ is like this spike nard nard, um, um, oil. This is the fragrance of Christ. And we are the bottle that actually carrying this fragrance. And through us, this fragrance of the knowledge of Christ is diffused in the whole world. Like how this fragrance filled the house, the fragrance of the knowledge of Christ through us should fill the whole world. Then he says, for we are to God, the fragrance of Christ. We are to God, the fragrance of Christ among those who be, who are being saved and among those who are perishing. So both will smell this fragrance. As Judas actually smelled the fragrance, and as the other disciples smelled the fragrance. Those who are saved and those who are perished. Those who are saved, actually, they will glorify God. But those who are perished will condemn and judge us as Judas condemned this uh, lady, Mary. So we can see here how much love Mary had for the Lord Jesus Christ. He put, she put her pride, her hair, to be a towel for the feet of Jesus. And she did not spare anything actually to express her love. She brought this very costly spikenard uh, oil, and actually she poured it on the feet of our Lord Jesus Christ. And usually there is a question how many times the uh, perfume was poured on Christ. Uh, bec- when we know it in Luke chapter seven, the one we read it actually, uh, in the second watch of the midnight hour. So, and this was before the Holy Week. But the confusion comes because John wrote this event done by Mary in, uh, on Saturday. But Matthew and uh, Mark mentioned this uh, to be done on Wednesday, on Wednesday, not on Saturday. So the question whether it is one time on Saturday or twice Saturday and Wednesday. And the church fathers actually have. Different opinion about this. Some church fathers said this happened twice. One time on Saturday and another time on Wednesday. But uh, others said no, it happened one time on Saturday but Matthew and Mark recorded on Wednesday to compare between the love of this woman uh, who actually purchased this very costly perfume and poured it on the Lord Jesus Christ's feet in comparison to what happened on Wednesday when Judas actually betrayed the Lord Jesus Christ for 30 pieces of silver which actually equals a few dollars. So here they wrote it on Wednesday to make this comparison between Judas and Mary the sister of ladders. But Whether it happened on Wednesday and Saturday or only on Saturday, there is no big difference. Uh, And the Lord actually, he said about this, let her alone, she has kept this for the day of my burial. For the day of my burial. Usually, When actually they bury a Jewish man, they put two things on him. Spices, like dry spices, and also perfume. But because actually on Friday, it was the sun was setting when they took the body of Jesus from the cross, and on Saturday they shouldn't do anything That's why they buried the Lord Jesus Christ in hurry. And they couldn't actually put on his body except the dry spices only. That's why the Mary's on Sunday morning, they took actually the perfume in order to anoint the body of Christ, in order to complete the rituals of his burial. And God allowed this so that the Mary's will go Sunday morning, to discover his resurrection. But the Lord actually hinted here that Mary, the sister of uh, Lazarus, actually put the perfume in advance for his burial. And thus, actually, his burial, uh, the ritual of his burial was completely done according to the Jewish uh, rites. Because Mary, in advance, put the perfume on his body and then Joseph and Nicodemus put the dry spices on his body. That's why when we do the spices for the icon of burial on Good Friday, we don't put any perfume, just we put the dry spices and we put the five seeds of clove which represents the f- five wounds of our Lord Jesus Christ and also we put uh, incense and some roses but no perfumes because they did not anoint the body of Jesus Christ with perfume that's why the Mary's went on Sunday early morning to anoint the Lord's body with perfume so here actually we saw this family that represent the new life with Christ and also the life of service and also the life of love, contemplation, uh, meditation, solitude with Christ. This this is a family that was dear to the Lord Jesus Christ. But one actually, another attendance was Judas Iscariot. Judas actually when he smelled the fragrance of the oil. Unfortunately, he was not one of those who are saved, but he was one of those who perished, as St. Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter two. So he became angry and he said, why was this fragrant oil not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? But was it the true motive that he cared for the poor? No. And many times actually, we are not honest with ourselves. When we examine ourselves, we are not honest. We are like, sometimes we are like Judas. We say something, but the internal motive is something else. From outside, we say something. But from inside, we have internal agenda. That's why St. John exposed the weakness of Judas. And he said, Judas said so. Not that he cared for the poor. No, not because he cared for the poor. But why? But because he was a thief and had the money box and he used to take what was put in it. And the Lord actually, he knew this about Judas, but he left him in order to give him a chance to repent. And many times actually, he uh, did not confront the person with his weakness, but hinted toward his weakness in order to leave, uh, to let the person has a chance to examine himself and to repent. But Judas actually did not benefit from all uh, these uh, opportunities. Uh, and Jesus said, let her alone. Uh, and in Arabic, it was plural, plural. So actually, instead of addressing Judas, actually, he was addressing everybody. Uh, In order not to embarrass Judas, but also when one person starts a complaint, many follow him blindly, without thinking. And we read that the disciples also followed Judas blindly. So the Lord said, let her alone. And the Lord here did not allow Judas to continue in his complaint. Lord did not uh, allow Judas. He did not encourage a bad behavior. He did not encourage a complainer to uh, ruin the reputation or the image of a godly woman like Mary, the sister of Lazarus. That's why he said, let her alone. She has kept this for the day of my, my burial. And he told him, if you really care about the poor, the poor you have with you always, but me you do not have always. So you can care for the poor uh, as much as you want the rest of your life. And many times actually we have this complaint when the church actually spent some time, some money on building or on uh, any, anything uh, purchasing some items for the church. Those uh, people usually complain why we didn't send this money to the poor and why uh, we wasted here over purchasing this stuff. But here the Lord answer is rebuking us until today. Let her alone. The poor you have with you always, but me you do not have always. So here a person who attended with the Lord Jesus Christ the miracle of raising Lazarus from the dead and who attended the supper but n- did not benefit from all this. Did not perf- benefit from the teaching. Did not benefit from uh, the miracles that he watched. You know why? Because there was a hidden sin in his life. He did not expose this sin. He did not bring it into the life, light of Christ. He kept it hidden And this sin actually blocked the grace of the Holy Spirit to work with him. That's exactly what happened with every person who have a hidden sin. This hidden sin will block the grace of the Holy Spirit from working and reaching the inner parts of this person to purify, to cleanse, to change, to transform. That's why... Judas did not benefit from all these opportunities that he had. Uh, Who attended also? Attended also many people uh, from the Jews who were attending and came to this supper. And uh, we read here, now a great many of the Jews knew that he was there. And they came not for Jesus' sake only, why they did not uh, why did, uh, did they come, but that they might also see Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. So came out of curiosity. They heard that Jesus raised a man after four days. So they came just to watch uh, this miracle, this man who was dead. Maybe they had some questions for him about what happened with him during these four days. So they came just out of curiosity. Not to be with Jesus, not to be united with him, not to learn to benefit from him. And this actually an a question for all of us. Why you are here tonight? Every time we come to the church, why you are here? What is the purpose? of us coming to the church. Are we here to worship God in his spirit and truth and to be united with him and to receive power and grace from him, him, to cleanse me, to purify me, to wash me, to sanctify me, to make me one with Christ? Or we are we here actually out of curiosity or out of uh, routine or coming just for social time and to see one another? Why you are here? Those who came with the right intention, like Mary, Lazarus, and Martha, they benefited from the presence of Jesus. But those who came to condemn others and to judge others like Judas, he did not benefit. And those who came just out of curiosity to show, to see what was happening, they did not benefit from their presence with the Lord Jesus Christ. But actually, they, the same people actually who watched this miracle, believed in him, on the following day, on Hosanna Sunday, they actually uh, cried out, uh, out loud saying, Hosanna in the highest, this is the king of Israel, Hosanna son of David. They perceived Jesus as earthly king He came to restore the kingdom of David and to deliver them from the kingdom of the Romans, not from the kingdom of Satan. That's their perception of Jesus. So when they believed in him, they believed for their own personal uh, earthly uh, benefits, not for uh, eternal salvation. That's why these people, when they were disappointed in him because he did not save them from the Romans. And clearly he told them, my kingdom is not of this world. On Friday, they cried against him, crucify him, crucify him. His blood is upon us and upon our children, the same people. Because he came for the wrong reason. It actually reminds me with the parable of the sower when seed actually fell on the stones so the lord said they may produce fruit but the fruit actually will die quickly because there is no depth when the sun shines then it will die the fruits will die so these people actually as we we heard today on account of him on account of Lazarus, many of the Jews went away and believed in Jesus. But this faith was very, very fragile. It stayed for few days, from Saturday to Friday, six days. And after this, they said, crucify him, crucify him. Because they did not come for the right perception, for right intention, right purpose. They came for the wrong purpose. So they were impressed by the miracle. They believed in him. It's like this, but their heart from within was a stony heart. Their heart did not change. That's why they brought forth fruit, but the fruit actually died on Friday when they cried, crucify him, crucify him. Uh, So actually, we can see, uh, One type actually is the the good land, the good ground in Mary, Martha and Lazarus. We can see in the Jews here, the ground that full of stones. So they believed there was a fruit, but this fruit died quickly because there was no depth. They came for the wrong reason. And we saw also uh, Judas is a symbol of the land that full of thorns. And the Lord said, the pleasures of the world, the worries of the world, the uh, money, the the rich, uh, the riches of the world, choke the word of God. So the love of money in the heart of Judas choked the word of God and it choke him, choke Judas himself. That's why the word of the Lord Jesus Christ did not produce any fruit in the life of Judas. There is also another group uh, uh, were in attendance there, and this group was also Judas. Judas was uh, choked by the love of money, but these people, they were choked by their self-righteousness, their self-righteousness. Who are they? the chief priests, the religious leaders of Israel. We uh, read also in the Gospel of tonight, but the chief priests blotted to put Lazarus to death also. So they knew that Jesus raised Lazarus. They knew he was dead and now he's alive. And a few days ago, they actually knew that Jesus healed a man who was born blind. And instead of all these miracles, all this teaching, changed their heart to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, but they were blind. Their self righteousness blinded them. Self righteousness is actually the most dangerous sin that can blind a person. If you see the minister of the Lord Jesus Christ, he was able actually to lead adulterers to repentance. He was able to lead people uh, greedy for money like Zacchaeus to repentance. He was able to lead robbers and thieves like the thief on the cross to repentance. But the Self-righteous people did not benefit from the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. So it is not that the Lord could not lead them, but because of their blindness, of their self-righteousness, they felt they did not need anything. They are right and Jesus is wrong. And this actually blinds a person blind the person, self-righteousness. When we want to be right, all the time, and we believe that we are right, and we judge others, and we condemn others, even if they perform miracles in front of our eyes, we don't believe them. Even their teaching, uh, they did not listen to the teaching of our Lord Jesus Christ. And it scares me the verse in John chapter 9 when the Lord said to them if you were blind you would not have any sin but because you say we see your sin remains what does this mean if you were blind if you admitted your blindness then you would ask healing and your sins would be forgiven if I admit that I am a tax collector I am adulterous I am a thief if I admit uh, like Saint Paul uh, I was a blasphemer and persecutor of the Church of God so if I admit my blindness regardless what my blindness is because Jesus came not for the righteous not for the self-righteous he came for the sinners Who are taking responsibility for their sins who admit their blindness and they say to the Lord Jesus we are here we are coming to you to heal our blindness but because you say we see because you say I don't need Jesus actually I am righteous I fast two days I pay the tithe of my money, and I'm not like the rest of the people, the tax collector and the adulteress. This was the prayer of the Pharisee. Yes, he's standing before God, but he was actually praising himself. He actually was speaking about his self-righteousness. Compare this prayer with the tax collector when he couldn't actually lift up his head But he beated his chest and said, God, have mercy upon me, a sinner. One person is saying, I don't need you. I'm righteous. And he is judging others in his prayer. And the other, he said, I am not worthy to be in front of you. Have mercy. I came here because I need your mercy. Have mercy upon me. I am a sinner. I am a sinner. St. Paul said, I am the chief among the sinners, difference, big difference. That's why when they heard about the miracles of Jesus, they plotted to kill Lazarus, to kill Lazarus. And after this, they plotted to kill Jesus himself. This reminds me with two prophets rebuked two kings. John the Baptist rebuked King Herod and Nathan rebuked David. David benefited and he admitted his sin and he took responsibility and he said, I have sinned uh, against the Lord. He said, he did not try to find any excuse. Immediately, instantly, he admitted his blindness. That's why Nathan told him, and the Lord actually removed your sin away. But King Herod, what did he do? He killed John the Baptist. Like the chief priest here, they wanted to kill Lazarus and to kill the Lord Jesus Christ. Many times the voice of God, maybe the voice of God comes through the church, comes through my father of confession, comes through the Bible to rebuke me. Many times actually We cut this voice, we kill this voice. We don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear somebody to tell me you're wrong. I don't want to hear somebody tell me what you are doing is wrong. I believe that I am right and I see. That's why the Lord said, since you say we see, your sin remains, because basically you are saying We don't need forgiveness. We are righteous. I don't need forgiveness. Another king actually was rebuked by a prophet. He argued and tried to find excuses. King Saul, when God sent to him Samuel, to uh, rebuke him for not heeding the word of God, not killing actually some animals, as the Lord instructed him in the war against Amalek, but Saul started to say no, I have kept the commandment of God. Samuel told him, but what is this voice that I'm hearing? He said, yes, we kept some to offer to the Lord your God. So he lied and now he's trying to find an excuse. And then Samuel started to explain to him how God is pleased by obedience not by sacrifices. Then he tried to tell him, I was afraid from the people. One excuse after another, excuse after another excuse. Although, if you compare this sin with the sin of David, it was nothing. He just kept some animals. But the sin of David, he committed adultery and he killed adultery and murder. But because David said, I have sinned it was easy for him to be forgiven and God said David is a man after my own heart because God actually is seeking our repentance God wants us to repent and to be united with him but Saul was rejected by God because of his self-righteousness because he did not admit his blindness so Tonight, in this supper, we saw many people here. We saw Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. And we saw the uh, Judas Iscariot and the rest of the disciples. Also we saw the people who came out of curiosity to just see Lazarus and to see this miracle. And we saw also the chief priests. So the question that I want you to take tonight with you and think about it. If you were at that supper, with which group you would be? With which group? With Mary Lazarus and Martha? Or with those who became indignant because of the waste of the perfume? Or with those who came out of curiosity to watch? Or those who were self-righteous and did not believe in anything who saw tonight, who saw at that night. So actually, this will be a good exercise to think about it tonight. So in tomorrow, God willing, when you come to the liturgy of Hosanna Sunday, you are coming with the right attitude. You are coming for the right reason. You are coming for the right purpose. You are not coming like Judas, or like the disciples, or the crowd who came out of curiosity, or the chief priests who are condemning everything they see, but you are coming like Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. You are coming with the new life, with the risen uh, Christ, with a heart of a servant, and a loving heart like the heart of Mary, who actually you are willing, not only to give all what you have, but also to give yourself, to offer yourself for him who loved us. Glory be to God forever and ever. Amen.